It is Free Talk Live. You are invited to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Open phones, as always. You are invited to talk about anything that you want. We also have our Discord on-air call-in-line rooms over at discord.lrn.fm. And if you go into one of those rooms, you'll sound way better than you would if you were on our phones with you here in the studio. It's Ian and Johnson. So, of course, you can bring up anything that you want. Coming up here tonight, uh, found this one actually in our Discord server. One of uh, one of the rooms there is a news stories show prep room. And I got to say, some of the best stuff comes from you guys out there. Uh, it was Mark Digital HD who says California is going to ban what appears he believes are going to be banning e-cigarettes. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, Juul, which is, as you may be aware, the big name in uh, e-cigarettes, nicotine vaporization, they are abandoning support for Proposition C. Now, what is that? It's a ballot measure in San Francisco, apparently. The vaping company has spent millions of dollars promoting through political ads, election mailers, and canvassers. Proposition C will still appear on the ballot on November 5th. If approved, it would overturn a San Francisco ordinance suspending the sale of e-cigarettes in the city and replace it with regulations supported by Juul. Meaning Juul Mm -hmm. wrote the regulations, basically. Well, I mean, I wonder who writes those other regulations that are going after e-cigarettes. Do you think that... The tobacco companies might have something to do with those? Could be. Well, guess who owns 35% of Juul? Well, Philip Morris, right? Uh, is that who's behind Altria, or is it the other way around? Altria Group is one of, the, I think it may yeah, be yeah, Philip Morris. I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I don't know if Altria owns Philip Morris or Philip Morris owns, you know, it's one of these corporate shell games. Right. Uh, but Juul is headquartered in San Francisco. And in a statement issued Monday evening, Jewel said the move comes as part of a company-wide review by their new CEO, whose appointment was announced last week after the other guy walked. Right. Uh, it means Jewel will not put any additional money into the Proposition C campaign called the Coalition for Responsible Vaping Regulation. Jewel is the sole founder of the measure. The coalition says it plans to wind down campaign activities by the end of the week. Why do you think that all of a sudden they've decided to completely change direction on this? Uh, the toll-free number, if you want to join us here, is 855-450-FREE. Are they just basically just giving up ship, just saying, well, we're done here, we can't possibly win this, maybe they've done opinion polling or something like that, or you know, they're just, they're just absolutely certain they're throwing money down a hole because so far, Jewel has spent $18.6 million dollars on this campaign. Now, mind you, this is just San Francisco mm-hmm. we're talking about. They're not spending 18 million trying to influence a California-wide uh ballot measure. This is just the city of San Francisco. Is it because they believe that as goes San Francisco, so will go the rest of the state or perhaps the rest of the country, meaning this is the first real, you know, big city crackdown that they can fight or that they are fighting. Of course, there was also Michigan uh, that has, I believe, banned the sale of e-cigarettes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, flavored. Is it just the flavored ones? I think ones? it was just flavored. Okay. Yeah, and this one, I believe, applies to all. So, yeah, this, this ordinance that they... So, the ordinance is already in. The proposed ballot measure would 
overturn the existing ordinance. So as of right now, the, the sale of e-cigarettes in the city of San Francisco is suspended. Now, I don't know for how long this particular ordinance lasts. Uh, and if you are in the San Francisco area and you want to comment, you're welcome to join us here. Any money from Jewel that the campaign has already received but not yet spent will be returned to Jewel. They've contributed, again, $18.6 million to the campaign. The campaign has spent about $10.5 million and has $1.3 million in unpaid bills. So that's about $7 million that will be returned to Jewel. Maybe they've, yeah, they must have figured that they could do something else with $7 million mm. than fight what they may be considering to be a losing battle. You've got, uh, I believe, New York State. Massachusetts has put on some sort of a moratorium on sales of, I uh, believe, flavored uh, e-cigarettes. And uh, let's see, this is their new CEO saying in a statement, quote, I'm committed to seeing that Juul engages productively with all stakeholders, including regulators, policymakers, and our customers. Hmm. Which is funny because um, regulators aren't really stakeholders, right? Like they don't actually own a piece of your company in any sort of meaningful way. They don't have stock. They're not actually holding stake in your company. But they certainly have sway over whether or not you're going to survive the next quarter or the next half a year. Because if their regulations uh, you know, crack down and yeah, you true. go out of business... So, I mean, they're not the kind of people you want holding a stake, um, but unfortunately, they're actually holding a, a gun or a whip, <laughs> however you want to look at it, and they're wielding stake. it against you. S-T-A-K-E. Right, like through the heart. <laughs> Uh, the decision, he says, does not change the fact that as a San Francisco-founded and headquartered company, we remain committed to the city. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's just the, the, uh, the loyalty to a municipality that has no such loyalty to you. <laughs> they don't care about Jewel. Yeah, they hire some people, right? They're employing people. But how many of the people that Jewel is employing actually live in San Francisco? I mean, if you're smart. You work in San Francisco, and then you live outside of San Francisco, right? I mean, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the housing prices yeah. <laughs> in San Francisco, but I believe they're some of the worst in the entire United States. Um, there may be, you know, maybe Seattle's competitive with them. I'm not sure, but I've heard San Francisco's the absolute worst uh, for housing prices. You go out into the to the surrounding areas, it's still going to be bad, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be as bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad even... Uh... I mean, I, I was living, you know, for a while I lived in Los Gatos, California, which is, where is that? about 30 minutes south of San Fran, maybe 40. How long ago? Um, this was 2011 or 12, I okay. think, you know. Well, not just, quite a decade. Not yeah, quite. yeah, just before I moved. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, that, it was $6,000 a month. Uh, rent on what was a Jeez. two or three bedroom house. Six thousand dollars a month sounds like a, it should be a mansion to me. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and it was a tiny. You know, it was like a little. Yeah, and you must have been sharing it was, it it was with probably, people. It was probably a little smaller than this house. Okay, I well, mean, you mean the duplex this side, the side of the duplex, <laughs> the side okay, of okay, the duplex. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, were you sharing it with like two, three, four other people? Uh, How many people were in there? Well, it was the one guy who whose his place who it was, and I was staying there. And he was also he decided to house a uh, Chinese programmer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know through there was some sort of work program <laughs> that you know so this guy uh was staying with us and he had his own like little room or whatever this sounds uh, like it's right out of uh Silicon Valley oh it was very much out of <laughs> Silicon Valley I mean and it basically was Which is an Valley. HBO TV show for those that don't and, know it's and in funny. fact this guy turned down a job um the guy who I was staying with turned down a job at uh Zynga Okay, if you remember which is Zynga. an app maker. Yeah, they right, the, games. the games. Yeah, the games app maker. So, right. And this is before Zynga became huge, so uh, he made a mistake. Oh, I think. you never but, know. But that guy was he owes me a lot of money, so oh, screw man. him. <laughs> wow. Okay. So yeah, I've never lived out there. I don't know what it's what it's actually like. Right. How long were you there for? Um, about eight months, I think, mm-hmm. roughly. Yeah. And what was? Why'd you leave? Um, because he wasn't paying me. <laughs> okay, and, that'll uh, do it. Yeah, and, and so I was like, okay, this is, yeah. This, See you later. Bye, yeah. So um, if you've been out there and you want to weigh in, you're certainly welcome to do so, but the, the point wasn't so much to talk about real estate as it was to show that, you know, you've got basically Jewel up against the city of San Francisco gang, the mm-hmm. criminal gang known as the city of San Francisco, and San Francisco's city council are basically telling Jewel, yeah, we think you're the enemy, uh, we're we're going to target you. We've targeted you with a uh, an ordinance that bans the sale of your products, and yet the CEO is still talking about how they're committed to San Francisco. Uh, and and so according to the story here, Proposition C. This is by the way from the San Francisco Chronicle. Their advertisements were being investigated by the FDA as part of a broader probe into. Uh, or by the agency into Jules' practices, including marketing tactics that regulators believe were targeting youth. The company last week said it would suspend all print, broadcast, and digital ads, but did not say at the time whether the Jewel-funded political ads would also be suspended. But it sounds like they are, because they're abandoning their campaign. More on the attack against vaping. It's happening across the country. It is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. My number for you, 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. That'll get you on the line. You can talk about the crackdown uh, happening in various different places across the United States, San Francisco, New York, Michigan, uh, Massachusetts, probably others that I don't know about. Maybe it's happening near you. A crackdown against arguably a technology that is helping people, that's helping uh, cigarette addicted, nicotine addicted mm-hmm. people who are are and have been using cigarettes for, in many cases, years of their lives. Uh, Chris Reitman, who's our Thursday night co-host, he was, I believe, a thirty-plus year cigarette smoker. Right, and people who don't aren't able to vape, where do they go? They turn back. They're going to go back to cigarettes. They're not. Gonna it's not quit. that they go. They're going to. It's that that's what's proven to happen. I Absolutely, mean, you, you can witness it and see it. In these places where vaping stuff is banned, a whole bunch more smokers happen. And then you look into it and you see that, oh, who is sponsoring this legislation? Who is hiring the, uh, you know, the people who are, um, you know, going to be activists for this legislation? Uh, the cigarette company. Yeah, the cigarette companies. Uh, what is that? I, I, my brain is failing to come up with the, the, uh, the people that... Um, Try to get laws passed. Uh, activists. Not activists. Lobbyists. Lobbyists, yeah. that's what it is. The people who are lobbying for these uh, these laws to pass, um, you know, they're, they're working for the tobacco companies in many cases. You find the, the clear link, you follow the money, 
And they stand to make a whole lot of money by getting this stuff shut down because there are there is a lot more competition, right, in the space. In the, for, in in the, the e-cigarette. Space. Yeah, in the e-cigarette space, there's a lot of competition, whereas, you know, in the tobacco world, it's pretty much a lot of, you know... It's the few old companies. Yeah, major corporations that have been established, and there's only a few of them. Right. They don't like competition. That's why they bought out a portion of Juul, and they are, from what I understand... The big cigarette companies do have their own e-cigarette kind of products now. You know, they were late to the game uh, on it, but uh, they they do have them. But just having a product um, isn't the same if there's lots of competition, right? You don't... Sure. They don't want competition for their... You know, it's so, harder to compete in a market where there's competitors. Right. And I think when they've had years and years and years of government regulations to shut down all of their opponents in the cigarette in the cigarette world, world yeah. they want to be in the cigarette world. Well, they do. But they also if if e-cigarettes are going to continue existing and they will, they want to be in charge of that, too. Well, right? yeah, of course. So that's why, you know, what you've seen here is uh, or what you're probably going to see. And I forget which Free Talk Live host predicted this. Uh, the the suggestion is that eventually the federal government is going to come down with some regulations. The FDA is going to come out with a set of rules for these uh, e-cigarettes, which have been largely untouched mm-hmm. uh, by them up until this point. And then, of course, the big cigarette manufacturers who already have their e-cigarette options mm-hmm. and already have a ton of attorneys and a bunch of money are going to be able to put their products into the regulatory, you know, framework, right? right. And they're going cuz they're going to help write it. So they're going to put their products into the regulatory framework. They're going to grease the wheels with as much mm-hmm. money as they need to to make sure that their products get out first, right? They get passed, they get the approval right. first. Oh, see, we're responsible here at <laughs> Philip Morris. We don't have those fancy flavors. We're not trying to attract children. All of our e-cigarettes only taste like tobacco. We're responsible members of our community. And then once all these regulations are passed, then they'll change it. And they'll be like, we found that adults are the only ones who are actually using these. Well, maybe. Like it'll go back to you know what's normal and sensible because the money is there for those things. Well, but if they do manage to run all their competition out of business, they don't have to go back to to flavors. They don't have to, but the money is there for them to do so. True. You know, so they will, you know, eventually. Yeah. We'll see how it all it all shakes out, but right now the latest news and we'll get back into that uh is what's happening in San Francisco, which is one of the flashpoints because that's the home turf of Jewel and also the place where the city council is cracking down and has suspended sales of all e-cigarette products. But you can continue to sell uh, smoked tobacco, no problem. Uh, But by the way, I do want to let you know about something that's going on here tonight. Uh, Maybe you've heard of Chrisanne Hall. She's a former Florida attorney and former prosecutor who was fired after teaching the Constitution. Even though she was ordered not to by her boss, state attorney Skip Jarvis, she would not stop and stood up for liberty over a paycheck. Tonight is the night that you can attend a free webinar with Chrisanne Hall at 8 p.m. Eastern uh, tonight at lfu.freetalklive.com. LFU stands for Liberty First University. Chrisanne's a disabled veteran of the U.S. Army, Russian linguist, mother, and a patriot. She now travels the country and teaches the Constitution and the history that gave uh, us the founding documents. 
Chris Ann Hall doesn't just teach the Constitution. She lays the foundations that show how reliable and relevant our founding documents are today. And she presents the genealogy of the Constitution, which is a 700-year history and five foundational documents that are the very roots of American liberty. Her belief is you can't properly understand or interpret the Constitution without a firm grasp of its very foundation. You don't want to miss a special event tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern at lfu.freetalklive.com. That's lfu. .freetalklive.com. So this proposition that uh, Jewel had produced, had put forth, had written uh, for San Francisco, which would overturn the San Francisco ban, but I'm sure with all kinds of regulations and rules uh, that Jewel has created, <laughs> Jewel's now walking away from this campaign after spending $10 million on it. Uh, with another seven million that's just sitting there that they're going to get back, I guess once they they scuttle the campaign. The stories from the San Francisco Chronicle saying uh, their new CEO, because the previous one walked, maybe he didn't. Maybe the previous CEO saw the writing on the wall and figured he would go ahead and take his golden parachute now uh, before Jewel starts to really, you know, get hurt because they're already. You know, doing what they can to make themselves seem very obedient to the state. Jewel would like the state agents, not just in California, but in every, all of the 50 states and certainly the federal government's regulatory gangs, to believe that they're obedient, that they are really, you know what, it was a mistake. We, do, we didn't mean to have all these delicious flavors to attract people to our products. We're going to be serious now. We're going to really just whittle it down to just tobacco and, and menthol. Uh, we're good now, so please leave us alone. Well, I don't know if that's going to work. No, of course not. Yeah. According to the story here, they've been investigated by the Food and Drug Administration. Uh, Jewel's About Face is believed to be the first time a corporation has invested millions into a San Francisco ballot measure only to withdraw its support shortly before the vote. And this is according to a political consultant who teaches law in San Francisco. In the rare instances when a ballot measure backer has withdrawn their effort before an election, it was because the issue was resolved or the measure became moot. He says, quote, this is historic, a colossal failure of a ballot measure campaign that will go into the history books as a cautionary tale for corporations attempting to use the ballot box this way in the future. But it's, of course, totally fine for the corporation known as the city of San Francisco Hmm. uh, to use their political means in order to foist their way upon the people in that particular political jurisdiction. Because it is important to remember that governments are corporations, too. And they're the worst sort of corporations. They're the kind of corporations you can't ignore. Right. If you want to ignore Jewel, you can ignore Jewel. You don't have to buy their products. I mean, you might see them as you're shopping in your favorite convenience store, but you don't have to pay any attention to them. Whereas with the government, if you don't pay attention to them, they'll have a man come by and stick a gun in your face. They demand your attention. But seeing their products in the stores is offensive, and I have a right to not be offended. Ever. Nothing uh, should ever be in my... A purview that's awful. You do sound like someone from San Francisco there. 855 450 free. It's free. Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 
years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six and seven figure incomes, including helping investors make over three quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has helped for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth. Visit CryptoWealthCoach.com. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. Dial toll-free here. Our numbers 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms. They're over at discord.lrn.fm. In fact, that's where we're going to next. But with you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. Also, want to make sure you know about local.bitcoin.com. Today was the day, the big day, that on the other site that has been around for years, that has been selling Bitcoin BTC uh, for years, they finally cracked down today and mandated that all of their uh, buyers and sellers go through a what they call KYC, which stands oh for my no, God. Know Your Customer Process. It's been coming. Like They've been mm-hmm. warning people about it over the last several months. And I guess October... As Bitcoin price, as Bitcoin's price has been going down and down and down. You mean as it's been going up and up and up? It's been going down recently. Well, I mean, it's went back up like 500 or $400 yesterday. It's at like 84 oh, $8,300 oh, today. I've not been paying Over the last year, though, Johnson, it's trended upwards. I think yeah, it started over the last the year. year like yeah, 3, the year before was brutal. Sure. This, year, this sure. past year has been great. It's been pretty good. Yeah, if you got in earlier this year and you held on, you're yeah. probably pretty happy right now. Um, but this other site that local.bitcoin.com is competitor with, they are the big one, right? They're the big site, the king of the hill, if you will. Right. It was like... It was like a wasteland today on that site. Like <laughs> half of the sellers dropped out, and I don't know. You know, obviously they're not going to publish all their data about how many people are using their site now. But I can tell you, some of my because uh, I sell on that the other site, mm-hmm. and some of my regular customers sent me messages saying, "Yeah, I can't use the site anymore. Uh, can I trade with you directly?" Right. So they're going to be losing some serious revenue <laughs> uh, over this. If you want a, a website where you can trade Bitcoin Cash with dozens of payment methods and do it without having to show the site your identification, you can do that over at local.bitcoin.com. You don't ever have to show ID to the website to create an account there and use an account there uh, because they don't hold your coins. They don't hold your Bitcoin Cash. It's it's all done through smart contracts. You have control over your currency, um, and it's totally different. It's also private because the communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So right now, people are looking uh, for another option to buy and sell cryptocurrency with cash and other options like you know prepaid cards and things like that, PayPal, Venmo. Local.bitcoin.com has that. That's local.bit. Excuse me, local.bitcoin.com. So coming up here uh, tonight, Harvard, a big lawsuit, I guess, has challenged their admissions process and it has to do with um favoring certain ethnic groups over others yeah um we'll get into that they they share views with uh you know cantwell with chris cantwell the nazi yeah so they have nazi views over (laughs) we'll tell you more about it and apparently a judge thinks that's okay yeah 
Uh, Well, the government has some Nazi views, too. I'm sure they do. We'll get into that on the way here. Plus, we've been talking about Jewel and them just basically completely backing down uh, in San Francisco. If you if you were looking to Jewel, if you're an e-cigarette user and you were looking to Jewel to stand up for you. Sorry. (laughs) Even though the, uh, the, you know, the tobacco company, what, Altria Group, I think it was, bought 35 percent of jewel they don't have a controlling interest but they got a significant interest and well whoever else is involved has obviously decided that snuggling up to the regulators is their best chance for survival and it's the same old story again and again and again just in different industries you be buddies with the regulators pay (laughs) pay them off make sure they write the language in the regulations the way you want the language written to keep out all those upstarts and those innovators from the industry. And then that's when you see companies like, let's say, Uber or Lyft, also who were innovators in their industry, they also buddied up with the regulators and they were writing the <laughs> or, the ordinances or the laws that deal with what they, you know, there's always a legal term for everything. I think it's transportation network companies, TNCs. Mm. That's the legalese term for uh, the rideshare companies. So guess who's writing a lot of that legislation in that business? It's Uber and probably Lyft, too. So the innovators become the establishment. And then they want to lock out any new upstart innovators uh, from, from coming in. So if you want to comment, you can here. Let's go to your calls and thoughts. We do have Gene, the Christian anarchist, on our Discord server over at discord.lrn.fm. He's in Tennessee. Go ahead, Gene. Hey, guys, um, I wanted to talk about authority. Okay. And this this is something that a lot of people have a have difficulty with because it's both simple and it's complex. It's complex in that people tend to make it complex. But in reality, authority is pretty simple. If somebody has authority over you, they have to show from where this authority comes from. And this is where all authority breaks down. In the old days, the kings said they got their authority from God. And nobody could question that because uh, how, do you, how do you go to that line of authority and prove or disprove that there's some kind of link between God and the king? Well, plus, if you okay. question the king's claim, mm-hmm. then you'd probably be executed. Right. And this is just uh, violence. So... Violence, I think we can all say that violence is not authority. If it is, then we're living king of the jungle, and uh, whoever's got the biggest, uh, the biggest hammer gets to be the king, the biggest uh, club. So I think that we're beyond uh, might makes right. At least I would hope so. Uh, I don't think that most people accept that claim anymore. But if you question where the authority comes from. Take our government, for instance. Now, if you're in a, uh, a government where there's a king like England, well, then that king still claims that they get their authority from God. But um, here we claim that the government gets authority from where? From we the people, right? So now you have to show the uh, chain of authority, how this chain of authority gets passed from the people that rightfully hold the claim to those who claim that they're exercising 
that authority. Now, who has authority over each individual? Well, we believe in self-ownership in this country, at least we used to once upon a time, Mm -hmm. which means that everybody is the authority over themselves. So in order for me to give to in order for somebody to claim authority over me, I have to delegate this authority to right. someone else. Like if you were going to uh, hire a dominatrix, for instance, you would tell the dominatrix yep. that you would like to be whipped and uh, and threatened or whatever it is that you want the dominatrix to do to you. You would give her the authority to act in that way towards you. Now, wait a minute, Ian. She said she wasn't going to say nothing. <laughs> Was she talking to you? <laughs> I don't know if we should go okay. any further with this. <laughs> anyway. Um, she signed the so social I contract. Would- uh, yeah, so I have to give that authority to somebody else, and I can prove without a shadow of a doubt that I never gave authority to Donald Trump or the governor of the state or well, you the can't prove a negative. Sergeant. They can't. What they can't do is prove that you did, right? If their claim is, well, I mean, that, I I can certainly testify that I never gave them sure, authority. You could do that. So yeah. Now they have that puts the ball in their park. Right. They need to they produce some prove kind of evidence to prove that you actually did consent. To their rules. Now, the best they can come up with is this nonsense about a social compact or a social contract. Right. And, of course, uh, we've all proven that this is, uh, is just non-existent. There is no such thing as a social contract, yet people still believe this. Yeah, but so I think that they've what, realized – I mean, the, the problem is, is that for me, I've, you know, hearing this argument that I've heard over and over and over again is that I think it's got, come to the point of where um, – they don't have to prove anything because people don't care. So it's at the point where they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever you say, uh, you know, get on your hands and knees, put your hands behind your back, whatever you, we, you did something we don't like. They don't have to prove anything anymore. Uh, I feel like it's gotten to that point. They don't. And they are basically just goons, which is why I call them the goonerman. And those are goons and goons use force to get everything they want. So, um, when you run across a goon, you better just do what the goon says or you're going to get hurt. Stand or, by, Gene. I don't know if you had uh, more to say, but if you did, stand by. We'll bring you back here for uh, for that. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's Gene, the Christian anarchist. He is in our Discord server, and you can join him and us there over at discord.lrn.fm. You'll sound – I mean, he sounds like he's sitting here in the studio with us. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds awesome. Ian and Johnson here. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. If you want to join us that way, it's free time. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, like freedom, 855-450-3733 tonight. It's Ian here. And Johnson. We are going to get into this uh, issue that is coming out of Harvard. There's been a court decision regarding their um, admissions policy. I will tell you what that's all about coming up here in moments. If you want to join us, 855-450-FREE. Gene, the Christian anarchist, is here with us, and he's on our Discord server talking about the idea of authority. And Larkin Rose wrote a really great book on this. Uh, it's called The Most Dangerous Superstition. And one of the things I really like about the book, besides that it's kind of like an eye-opener for people that may not have ever considered or really thought too hard on the idea of authority because we're just trained to accept it. From day one, if you go to a government school or government indoctrination center, whatever you want to call it, you're told that this is the way things are, that those teachers are in charge of you, and that those administrators are in charge of them. 
and that there's the school board on top of that. And then the government, you know, uh, state government on top of that. And the federal government. There's a hierarchy, kids. And you're on the very bottom level. And we will tell you what to do. And you will do what we say. Or we'll paddle you. Remember when they had paddles in schools? <laughs> they still have them in some places. Yeah. They have not gotten rid of paddles entirely. So the idea of authority has always been backed up by some kind of violence, right? Where whether it's the men with the guns calling themselves the police or it's the taskmaster with the whip sitting on a horseback cracking a whip over you as you're, you know, being forced to do whatever slavery, picking cotton or whatever, or it's some lunatic sicko a principal with a paddle with holes in it, you know, that he relishes using on uh, children because he's a sick effer. There's always some sick, violent psychopath that's sitting behind all of these rules in this whole hierarchical structure. Uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, you're back on with us. Go ahead. Huh. Wait, before you move on, yes, I sir. just, I, based on what you said, um, you were talking about the paddle and corporal punishment. Yeah. I just, on a whim, had to do a search. Student deaths from school shootings were examined across all 50 states according to state policy on the use of corporal punishment in schools after controlling for associated differences in poverty rates and the prevalence of conservative Christian religions. There were significantly more school shooting deaths found in states allowing school corporal punishment compared with those that do not. What a surprise, right? When the government is, you know, the first to violence that... You know, because well, you would, that's what you're teaching. Yeah, sure, that's what you're teaching, right? So you know, if violence you teach is your that tool, it's okay to yeah. use violence on people, and so the kids go, "Oh, well, okay, it's okay yeah. to use violence." If, if if violence is your tool, if that's your example, that's the thing that you do, then you shouldn't be surprised when you're emulated, when people say, "Oh, yeah, that seems to work." Yep, this is the way to solve problems. This is the way to sculpt society. This is right. the way to do things, get people to do the things I want them to do, and yep. they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. But they're just not authorized, see, Johnson. They're not right. authorized to right. use violence. If they would just go ahead and but become neither, a police officer. But neither is the government, as if you are a rational person. Correct. You realize that the government's not either. So well, that's if they're not authorized yep. and you're not authorized, what well, does it matter who well, uses think, the violence? I think that's the point. If that, it's a matter of morality, right, then you would know already it's not okay to use violence. Correct. But because but, they don't believe that way, right? They don't believe it's a matter of morality. They don't ever get to that point, right? Then it's okay. Well, I think that's one of the things that you've been driving at is, here, Gene. Go ahead. And that that is when the authority breaks down. This this fake authority, the false authority that they have. Their authority breaks down when the people rise up in violence against them, just like any other country. Mm-hmm. The when the people had have finally had enough, and they rise up and say, "You know what? You're not the boss of me." We that's want new bosses. Whole, <laughs> we want this the, boss. That's that's when their so-called authority falls and True. becomes just a puff of smoke, which is exactly what it is. That's it's right. just a puff of smoke. And only when the people realize that they don't have that authority and that they are their own authority, mm. that's when it goes away. And that's well, been the case only they throughout did. history. Well, but has it? I yeah, mean, because they've they, always replaced yes. one regime with another regime. So I've because, been talking about this a lot lately because I've been having like conversations and, uh, you know, with, especially with the way things have been going and people, the cancel culture and all this stuff that's going on. And I've, you know, I've claimed 
uh, for cancel a long culture? time. Cancel culture. You've heard of cancel culture, I right? I feel like maybe I've heard of it. Wow. Refresh, refresh I can't believe that. you haven't talked about cancel culture. So, for example, have, Richard Stallman recently would be a victim of cancel culture. Oh, canceling accounts, that kind Canc- of thing? Canceling people. Canceling ideas. Okay. It's cancel culture. So it's the idea mm. that you can just shut people up. Right. Like, Free Talk Live is bad. We're going to make sure that you don't get any money from anyone. We're going to contact YouTube, all you. Know, like, get them yeah, off I see. Okay. Everywhere. We're going to make sure you're shut down. Right? So, cancel culture. So, this is the, the thing, right? This is the idea. And, and my thought is that, you know, these... These people are uh, becoming increasingly aggressive and violent. You can't have logical conversations with them. And I'm hearing, you know, people, conservative people, there are some conservatives that I listen to a little bit to hear some of their content. People like Crowder or Peterson, um, you know, even occasionally as horrible as I feel like he's gotten, I'll still hear what Molyneux has to say. Um, uh, okay. You know, just every so often, even though most Granddaddy of what he says. Well. Yeah, most most of what he has to say now is pretty much garbage. Um, so sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And but uh, what I was going well, what I was gonna say about this is that I feel I've been claiming for a long time that I feel like we're, the country has been headed for a civil war, right? Oh, and, and okay. I think that the first step to that, to any co- country going to civil war, is that you have to found two governments, right? You have to have two mm. opposing governments. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking the day and I, I said, you know, I've always kind of put the Civil War thing in the future. And I, I don't think that it's that far in the future at this point. I think that we're going to have our forking of government in 2020. Really? Who's yeah. going to back to this idea? OK, go ahead. Gene. Back to this idea that somebody's got to gotta take over. And this has been the case throughout history is that once the people finally throw off their chains, they willingly let somebody else dump chains back on them. And yep. but there's something there's something unique in this century that nobody's ever had throughout history, and that is the Internet and the freedom of information. Now, the ideas of liberty were big 150 years ago when Lysander Spooner and the other guys were all uh, starting to write about these things, but nobody learned them because the books were not widely circulated. The The libraries wouldn't circulate them for sure, and so less people learned about it. But now we have the Internet, and people are curious about things like this. Are they, though? And are they more curious th- now than ever, you think? I think they are, yes. You sure they're not busy that, watching uh, uh, you know, their favorite sports team or the latest episode of Stranger Things or some <laughs> other? Well, there definitely is that. Mm-hmm. But there's also people are curious and they want to know. And that's the main reason that uh, you know I call in here is because I want curious people yeah, I'm to glad learn. Yeah, It's a good conversation. I think it's important. To learn what authority is and what it isn't. It's a fantasy. Because there is no official. Right. Yeah, there is a fantasy. There is no real authority. And what it boils down to is people need to learn to say something that we kids said it back 60 years ago. And that is, who made you the boss of me? That was a, something that we would tell our, yeah. our neighbors, our kids in the playground because they'd try and tell us to do something. Who made you the boss of me? Well, let's bring that up a notch now that we're all adults. And let's start asking, who made those goons the boss of me? They, nobody did. So we need to get that idea out and circulate it, and people need to start taking it to heart. I agree. Gene, the Christian Anarchist, great call. Thank you for sharing your thoughts here tonight. They're on the Discord server over at discord.lrn.fm, and that is where if you, you know, maybe you liked what Gene had to say. We've got a crypto tipping bot on, on that server that actually allows you to easily send uh, tips in, I don't know, a couple dozen different cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. 
that, uh, you know, it's just a matter of typing in a, a quick command. And if you thought Gene was saying something useful, you could send a tip directly to him or you can randomly tip people in the chat room or tip the people who have been active in the last five minutes or leave what they call an airdrop for people to claim a portion of. It's really a cool thing. Uh, we don't really know whether it's an exit scam or not, so make sure that you don't put anything into the bot that you can't <laughs> afford to lose completely because we have no idea who the brilliant programmer is that's, uh, that's behind this thing. But if you want to join, uh, join the fun on the Discord server, they're tipping in there right now over at uh, discord.lrn.fm. But I think what Gene is pointing out is very, very important. Um, and again, uh, Larkin Rose did a great job in his book about the subject. Just kind of eye-opener. Hey, look, this whole authority concept is just designed to control you. It's designed to get you to be obedient to men wearing funny hats. Men and women wearing nice suits and nice uniforms and badges, shiny badges, and all their hats to make sure you know that they're the ones who are in charge. Mm. And you should do what they say or else they're going to hurt you. And that's really all it boils down to. But if enough people did what Gene is suggesting, if enough people actually said, well, you're not in charge of me, or no, <laughs> just say no. Remember the old 80s, just say no? Just say no mm-hmm. to the government when they try to tell you to do things. If enough people are doing it, then they become powerless because ultimately they really do rely on people's voluntary compliance when it all comes down to it. There's more coming up here in moments. This is Free Talk. Chronic pain, stress and anxiety, fatigue or lack of focus, dependence on opioids or opiates. John Bush here, owner of Brave Botanicals, inviting you to try a free ounce of Kratom, the controversial plant remedy the government doesn't want you to know about. Why, you ask? Well, it's big competition for big pharma. From grandmothers cutting Oxycontin to keep up with their grandkids, to young adults kicking Adderall and quitting drinking, more Americans are turning to Kratom to help them through the day. But the government won't stop us. When the credit card companies kicked Kratom to the curb, I accepted e-checks and crypto. When Facebook shut down my ad account, I did podcast interviews and advertised on Free Talk Live. And now to give a big F you to the man, I'm giving away Kratom for free. To get your free ounce of Kratom, go to freeounceofkratom.com, pay $5 shipping and handling, and I'll send you a free ounce. Visit freeounceofkratom.com to claim your free ounce today. That's freeounceofkratom.com. It is Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us here. Coming up tonight, the Harvard news story about their admissions policy, admissions policy, where a court has made a ruling that everything's okay. They can discriminate. It's totally fine. Uh, We'll get into that coming up here in moments. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Johnson. Uh, We've also been talking about the crackdown in San Francisco and elsewhere to a lesser extent on uh, uh, vapes in San Francisco. Apparently, they've made it illegal to sell any kind of e-cigarette product. Now, I'm not sure what the restrictions are as far as how long this prohibition is going on for, but the news story that we were sharing earlier was about how Juul, the San Francisco-based manufacturer of these uh, many of the most popular e-cigarette sort of products, they've just decided to walk away from a 10 million plus dollar campaign to try to overturn the ordinance Mm. while at the same time proclaiming how pro san francisco they are look how we love san francisco we were just so wrong about our campaign we're gonna scuttle this 10 million dollar campaign uh we've already spent 10 million 7 million unspent we're just gonna say goodbye and good luck but we're gonna stay here in san francisco because we love it here the city that hates us so 
before we get too far back into that, because it's just yeah. still on my brain because you said you were going to ask me about it. Oh, the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah, I actually did make a note about that. Yeah. You're right. Do you, I mean, I don't know. I want to know, yeah, I do want to know more I about that. Why I pushed up my timeline on the American, the second American Civil War. So you can call in about any of these topics, just so you know. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE, and we've got the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. But last hour, you predicted a Civil War, and you pointed out well, something- Well, I've been predicting it for like, right. you know, since since the show has started. I'm but like, you pointed out something like that's, that's I think, not been made, uh, a point that has right. not been made. I mean, there's been a lot of callers over right. the last couple years. I thought it started with the Bush- the George W. Bush presidency, right? As I thought that it, I, I claimed a long, long time ago, I'm like, this will be the worst possible president for the United States, and it's starting some very bad things. It will start some very bad things, and it did. And I think that some pressure has been growing and building ever since, and I had made multiple uh, um, basically predictions that eventually that there's going to be a civil war. And I've always kind of said, eh, it's kind of the distant future. And Events of recent have made me believe that it's a lot sooner than I originally thought that it was going to be. Really? And then even more recently now, I'm like, you know what? I think it could just be starting. The process could really start in 2020 and that we could see it by the end, like by the end of the next presidential term. Okay, but there was something that you said in the last hour that I thought was incredibly, uh, you know, well observed. And that I don't think in any conversation we've had about the Civil War idea, because mm-hmm. um, we've had callers call in about it over the last year or so, mm-hmm. that predict similar, oh, it's going to be a Civil War, it's going right. to be the, uh, the the gays versus the blacks, or it's going to be... That's the, ridiculous, right. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they just sort of try to figure out who they think is going to be fighting one another. Yeah, no. It's going to be the Proud Boys versus it's the It's always Antifa. a government versus another government. Well, that was what you pointed out in the last right. hour, and I thought, well, that's really interesting. So are you saying that in 2020 you believe there's going to be an alternative government founded? Maybe 2021. I might take a little time to actually go ahead. By and whom? Found. Is it going to be like a Democrat-Republican thing? Or It'll like- be a Democrat thing. Maybe some Republicans will be involved. Come because on. Sure. Because Why? I think Trump, because Trump is going to win again. And these really? Trump derangement syndrome people are craven, and there's a lot mm-hmm. of them, and they believe that they're right, and they're not rational. And I don't think that they care about uh, anything other well, than you know what whatever you know having their own viewpoint or whatever. So hmm. I think that yeah, I think what's going to happen is that Trump is going to win again, and it's going to drive these people out of their mind, of their like even more ever loving minds. Because it yeah. was, I mean, there was that classic video of the woman wearing like the. Uh, the day glow neon, uh, I guess raincoat or whatever, where she she's screaming at the top of her lungs. No, you remember yeah, that one? Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> and, and, like that that was at, ha- happening at his inauguration, right? Sure. And uh, so you're saying it's going to be even worse than that? Sure. I mean, there's just so much. Uh, there's so many people that are uh, driven crazy by this, and I don't think that they can. It's another another. Trump victory is going to cause so many people to just snap. How many and, people are going to be involved in this? I mean, because this can't be that big of a thing, right? Like, well, I, I mean, mean I'm it's imagining- going to be huge. It'll be you know uh, half the country, right? Because no. what's going to happen is half well, the country, half the country, half the registered Democrats. voters. Okay, uh, half the, you know, it's going to be the the liberals and uh, you know the the never Trumper Republicans. I think. Um, I think that there's just what's going to happen is you're just going to get another government and there's going to be people that are going to choose to support that government, 
right? that happens, it'll be amazing. Sure. I will be shocked that something like that could occur. Now. I want to know. I'm kind of like you know we had the we had the the Confederacy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what will this government be called? I wonder. You know, like what will they call themselves? Something liberal. I have you know, no idea what that would be. If they can't be. call themselves the Confederacy, will they try and, like, is it a, really a Star Trek thing? Will they call themselves the Federation? I don't know. Like, what are they? The Borg, you know? right? They all want to be... Un- the, the, one of the uh, the campaign, uh, I guess, Starfleet. promotions or uh, slogans or whatever. They've got the Biden campaign office here in yeah, Keene. I don't ugh. know if you've seen it yet. No. It's behind the Thirsty Owl here in Keene. Um, that... Uh, one of the one of the uh, slogans does it is have unity. like a picture of like you know somebody being hugged from behind no maybe being smelled <laughs> gently behind the ear or something but but unity is one of their uh, their slogans right so that's sure. kind of borg like right all are one <laughs> resistance right. is futile yeah i don't know johnson i think it's an interesting prediction it's uh it's pretty wild i mean i don't know if you're going to be right or john mcafee's going to be right but you guys are both making what's some john pretty, mcafee's prediction he predicted a million dollar bitcoin in 2020 oh well yeah sure uh, and I don't know which one is more out, outlandish because, I mean, to me, let me, I'll tell you this, uh, right after Trump got elected. Well, I can tell you this, that uh, Bitcoin might seem like a million dollars if the uh, if the dollar collapses because of a competing government <laughs> causing, right? Because that, isn't that kind of what happened during the Civil War is yeah. that the currency um, became a complete nightmare because you had two different governments issuing mm. what's supposed to be legal tender, right? And you don't know which government. So- the union currency ended up completely collapsing, right? I don't know. I'll take your word for it. Well, if the <laughs> if the federal government, you know, if the Federal Reserve note were to collapse because you have a separate government issuing yeah. a separate currency that people are accepting and you have this competition, it's either, it either splits the value of the dollar in half suddenly, right? I or mean, what you're talking about is would require such <laughs> a vast amount of resources to be able to just spin up a new government and have people take it seriously um, is just almost I, I think there's enough outrage, right? I don't know. There are going to be mad people. There's no doubt about that, right? Yeah. There's going to be some seriously angry people if Trump gets elected. We've had enough. Time. Yeah, and it's true. And after the first time, I went out to an anti-Trump protest that happened here in Keene, New Hampshire on right. Central Square. And of course, you know, it was mostly angry liberals who were mad yeah. at Trump. And I wanted to kind of test the waters for secession and see what these people would say about it. And while a couple of them were, you know, mildly interested in what I was saying, mm-hmm. um, the response from others was completely, oh, no, we're going to take it back. We're going to take it's Washington, D.C. We are going to take it back. It's really <laughs> important for us to take it back. I mean, they're not going to just walk away from the tremendous halls of power that have been developed in Washington, D.C., the Democrats know that after four more years of Trump, it's probably going to be one of their guys that gets in because Trump can't run again after right. a second term. So but they don't, you know, you never know. I don't know. I don't know if that's I hope the, you're right. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to play Wait, out. You, that want, way. you want the staff. Yes. Right? You want oh a secondary God. government? Yeah. Okay. I would love to see two. I uh, think it's going to be, I think it'll be a nightmare. You're going to have a lot of bloodshed. So no, I'm not hoping for it at all. I don't think it'll be bloodshed in Keene, New <laughs> Hampshire. Uh, if they if they're shedding was blood there in bloodshed in Keene, New Hampshire during the Civil War? Because I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that that statue at the center of town indicates that maybe there. there I don't some know. You think they actually had conflict in Keene during the Civil War? Yes, they had conflict in where I used to come from, Reading, Connecticut. Is that right? Yeah. So you huh. know, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, actually, I didn't was, know they made it that far north. Yeah, well, actually, no. Actually, the conflict that I'm thinking of there was Revolutionary War conflict. Yeah, so. they definitely had those yeah. up here for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I hope you're right, just because I. 
anything that could change the status quo in some way to shake things up, I think is probably a good thing overall to get people out of that uh, mentality. I mean, that even though it would not end the belief in uh, authority like Gene was talking about in the last hour, like if some Democrat competing government arose, mm-hmm. people would still, the ones that wanted to believe in that government would still choose to believe in it. It wouldn't certainly solve the problem of authority, but at the very least, it would damage the so-called authority that the current existing government does have. If people started to ignore it or or disrespect it, um, I think that's a valuable thing to some extent. Hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen like that. 855, 450 free. The, the power is too great for them to just let go of like that. It's Free Talk Live. Share your thoughts. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us right here. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE, like freedom. Do you think Johnson is on to something with his prediction that the liberals are going to lose their minds in 2020 if Trump wins again? And you seem pretty certain that uh, that he's going to win again, Johnson. So if uh, Trump wins again, the liberals flip out. a strong possibility. Even more so than they did in 2016's election, where they definitely, you know, lost it for some amount of time. Mm-hmm. But they then regrouped, you know, they uh, they got their fundraising letters going out there. The ACLU, for instance, and by the way, I'll be going to their uh, awards dinner next or this coming Sunday. I'm a supporter of the New Hampshire ACLU. Uh, I don't much care for the national one that much, although they still do some good work. But, uh, you know, the ACLU, like, tripled their numbers because of jo- Donald Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, donations to Planned Parenthood increased. Right. Uh, a lot of these liberal sort of organizations are doing very, very well right now. Trump is the best thing that happened <laughs> uh, to them. You know? Right. So you're saying that in 2020, Trump wins, people flip out, lefties flip out, and that there will actually be, you believe, a government, an alternative government, a competing uh, institution formed. I just, my, the, I think that there's a strong possibility at this point. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I hope you're right. I hope, that, uh, I hope that it happens. The more that we can do to encourage people to break the mindset that they have allegiance to this thing known mm-hmm. as the federal government, that the idea of the federal government is somehow a good idea. And it, it should have been clear to so many people that, hey, look, it doesn't matter who's in charge of this thing, whether it's George W. Bush, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. or Donald Trump, dr- bombs continue to be dropped on innocent, peaceful people all around the planet. Now, arguably, you could say that Trump has apparently not dropped as many bombs as uh, as Barack Obama, but he still has. Although I do have a story about apparently the, uh, the talks, the denuclearization talks are going to continue with mm. uh, Pyongyang. So that's some good news there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, people are freaking out about Donald Trump. And are they going to break away and do their own thing? You can weigh in here and join us with your thoughts. Our toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Let's talk. Oh, wait a minute. We were going to go to Venkman, but he disappeared out of the on-air call-in line room. So uh, maybe he'll jump back in here. You can join the on-air call-in line rooms if you want to sound almost like you're sitting here in the studio with us over at discord.lrn.fm. So I guess we'll just wait and see on this one, Johnson. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't. You know, it's think... not. It's not a strong prediction. I just yeah. think it's a huge possibility. You know, 
And and there's a possibility, you know, Trump loses. So, you know, that, that could happen too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It's hard to To me, to it really always say. tends to be the worst possibility. Remember, I said that I think that it's still possible that Biden becomes the nominee So for the Democrats. So. You think? Yep. I, don't I don't know. know. I don't pay any attention to the polls because I don't really think they're relevant. Um, because we've been through enough elections doing just this, doing this show to where whoever's leading the the front runner is garbage uh, is never the actual winner. Whoever's early on the front runner almost always ends up dropping out or ah, losing. But remember, I told you that last time I was that that Hillary would remain the front runner, and she did. And she did. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, then you get you get some points. Yeah. For political predictions. Yeah. So far. A district judge in Boston at the U.S. Federal District Court has upheld Harvard's admissions process following a challenge from a group representing Asian American applicants who believe the school discriminated against them. Judge Allison Burroughs, a story according to CNN's politics section, ruled, uh, I guess it was today, that while Harvard's admissions process is, quote, not perfect, she would... Not, quote, dismantle a very fine admissions program that passes constitutional muster solely because it could do better, unquote. Now, I, I find it funny that they're considering whether an admissions program is constitutional. Huh? What, well, what does a college's admissions program have anything whatsoever to do with the Constitution of the United States, which is a set of purported rules for the United States government to hmm. follow. I mean, you could argue that Harvard gets some state money, so therefore yeah. they're an aspect of the state or supported by the state, but I don't know if that I don't know if receiving state money means that you have to do things constitutional. I'm not even sure how the constitution well, would apply in this case. Uh we well, it's the declaration of independence that states that uh it, we believe these truths to be self-evident that uh all men are created equal. Yeah, but that's the Declaration of Independence. Okay. Well, you know, you could say that uh, if that applied and were true, then they would not be allowed to have this uh, this, this admissions policy. policy, which we'll tell you more about coming up here in the 130-page opinion. That's how long she needed to explain herself. I mean, we can clearly say that these types of admissions policies are clearly un-American. Because of the Declaration of Independence. Sure. Okay. Sure. I think it would be a uniquely American but view you know to say what? that all people are created equal. You should be free to be un-American in your college admissions policy. You don't. You shouldn't have to be American unless you're taking government money. I see what you're saying. Sure. Uh, in her 130-page opinion, Ms. Burroughs stressed that race-conscious admissions hold quote an important place in society and help ensure that colleges and universities can offer a diverse atmosphere that fosters learning, improves scholarship, and encourages mutual respect and understanding. Unquote. The ruling closely or in the closely watched case is likely to be appealed and culminate in a national showdown over affirmative action at the U.S. Supreme Court. The challengers had argued at trial that as Harvard's personal rating system disfavors Asian Americans, it favors blacks and Hispanics who generally have lower standardized test scores compared with Asians. The storied Massachusetts campus accepts only about 5% of its 40,000 applicants Because Asians year. are the superior race there, man. Eh? That appears to be <laughs> what they're, they're like, saying. They're, they're Cantwell. And and I think Cantwell would probably, uh, would probably agree to that based on some of the conversations that I have had with him. Yeah. Um, Cantwell, actually, Cantwell, for those that don't know, is a former Free Talk Live co-host who we fired. The crying um, Nazi is how most people know him. Yeah. He, uh-huh. uh, he became a racist, and we had to get, I'm not going to have a co-host who, who is a racist, so we got rid of yeah. him. 
but you know, he's still just like anyone is free to call into the show, and he has a few times. So we still you know know what's going on uh, with him, and he does absolutely believe that races are different, and he doesn't look at the individual. He looks at uh, their co- the color of their skin and, and you know where they're from, and I think that's folly. But uh, as you point out here, that's no different than Harvard. Harvard's ruling right. comes as college admission practices are being scrutinized nationwide, including by federal prosecutors who allege that celebrity and other wealthy parents paid off coaches and education administrators to falsify student records to help them win acceptance at elite schools. Have you followed any of that, Johnson, with the uh, Lori Laughlin case? Not really. Where um, I mean, I know about it, but I don't really know yeah, about it. Yeah, the other it. woman, uh, Felicity Huffman, I believe, yeah. was the other one. Wasn't she in uh, Breaking Bad or something like that? Anyway, these, no, I don't think so. No, she was in Desperate Housewives, I believe. Okay, uh, so these you know actresses and uh, their children, their daughters, I think in, in at least one of their cases, mm-hmm. were they greased some palms. They did what they had to do to get their kids into college, and the news broke about this. Charges were filed, and I guess because you know I've looked at some of these stories on Google. Google News serves me up updates on <laughs> what's right. going on with yeah, sure. uh, with these cases. So I've sort of kind of been aware of what's happened. We haven't talked about it recently on Free Talk Live, but there's something that I find particularly despicable and I want to share with you about this. And we'll uh, continue. You can share your thoughts on college admissions or whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com Hey, it's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, Johnson, you want to talk about libertarian title theory. Now, that does not sound like the most exciting of topics, but you said this is actually hey, going to be ph- really interesting. Philosophically, I like the philosophical conversations about libertarianism. I think they're important. All right, so we can get into that coming up here. Your calls and thoughts are welcome, though. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. Also, we're talking about the Harvard uh, admissions policy that a court has ruled is totally fine. No problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can discriminate against Asians, they say. Because Asians are smarter, says Harvard, and so therefore they need to be discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Uh, 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. Also, the Discord on-air call-in line rooms are open and available to you over at discord.lrn.fm. But there was a mention in this story from CNN about the uh, affirmative action court case about the prosecutions of those parents who paid off school people or whoever it was they paid off to get through the admissions process to get their wealthy daughters uh through the admissions process maybe there were some sons involved but i've, I've followed the the Lori laughlin side of of the case um there was more than these sort of star women but the two that they focus on mm-hmm. were Lori laughlin who is one of the stars of full house you may remember her from the the 1980s okay. yeah. uh cousin becky or something like that yeah. or was that her name and then cousin uh, balky Bartok that was a different show but the same producers um and was then, it really the same producers i think so yeah they all had like the same kind of intros and the same <laughs> yeah. 
Same kind of uh, theme songs. Yeah, yeah. It was actually funny. The the show Mr. Robot. You ever heard of that show? Uh, Mr. Yes. Robot. Mm-hmm. It's a great show. Um, they actually hired at one point for one for a scene that they did in a late one of the later series of Mr. Robot. It was like this hallucinating scene yeah, with Alf yeah. in it. They hired the same guys who did those in, intro wow. tracks to do the intro track to that uh, parody scene. It was really funny stuff. Anyway, so Lori Laughlin and this other lady, Felicity Huffman, who you were right, she was in Desperate Housewives. She wasn't in uh, Breaking Bad. But anyway, these two women were kind of on equal footing. They were both being come at by the government mm-hmm. for getting their kids into these these schools with you know grease and palms or whatever. And because I clicked on some of these stories at some point and Google tracks that sort of thing, they've been showing me in my Google News on my phone all these stories about Lori Laughlin, better watch out. <laughs> She's not taking the plea deal. And I'll actually give you some of their headlines here because I I just think they're – there's definitely some programming either that has gone on of the jur- so-called journalists who are doing the reporting, mm-hmm. or it's them doing the programming. You know, was it was it the chicken or the egg? Where do these things? Where does this viewpoint come from? Here's some of the uh, the headlines when you search for Lori Laughlin plea on Google News. Lori Laughlin turning on husband to get plea deal in college admissions trial. That's from Gossip Cop. Right. From Perez Hilton. Lori Laughlin still wants her day Ugh, in court. Such a scumbag. Despite a dozen other defendants rushing to change their plea to guilty. Lori Laughlin's from the Daily Mail maintains her innocence in cheating scandal despite Felicity Huffman prison sentence. It's like all this wide-eyed mm-hmm. uh, headlining about, my God, this woman and her gall. Yeah. How dare she not take the plea deal? Right. Look at what happened with this other woman. She's going to prison. Well, yeah, she took the plea. Right. So she gets whatever deal they've Without come up with. Without any kind of a trial. No, no trial whatsoever. Fox News. Lori Laughlin, quote, aware, unquote, of Felicity's sentence, regrets not taking plea deal, report. Vanity Fair, Felicity Huffman's 14-day jail sentence is reportedly weighing on Lori Laughlin. <laughs> so it's like the message here right. in these headlines, and I haven't bothered to read the stories, but the, the headlines say enough. It's like, oh, people... If you're facing criminal charges, you better take the plea deal. Don't be like Lori Laughlin. Right. A lot of them have have gone. I mean, this is just this is in the last few days. Okay, this has been going on for weeks now with headlines like this, mm-hmm. ta- cautioning the reader to not follow in Lori Laughlin's footsteps. Whoa, she's not taking the plea deal, so she could be in big trouble. Smart people take plea deals is what the uh, the message is here. And it's just, it's despicable. Another one here from the Inquisitor headline. Legal experts say Lori Laughlin needs to seek a plea deal immediately. Oh, my God. It's just a yeah. sick. Deseret News headline. Felicity Huffman's sentencing could change Lori Laughlin's plea, according to experts. It's sycophantic, too, for government. Yes. Yeah, that's what it is. Because they've already decided that this woman's guilty. Mm-hmm. The, the press has decided that, whoa, they've accused her of doing these things, so therefore, she's guilty. And no, well, that's not also, how it's supposed to work. Also, you have to remember she's wealthy. She's successful. So oh, right. Hate so hate the rich. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though, of course, they're... And, and this is over something where she potentially used her wealth to her advantage. 
So double extra. Right. Yeah. So everybody's against her. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's just it's 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 sad, but that's the world that we live in. Uh, and, and it ties back into what Gene was talking about earlier with the, the belief in authority. Ooh, the authorities came after her. The authorities are bringing charges, so she better just go along to get along. You know, she could just get 14 days in prison, and that's not the worst thing that could happen to somebody. Why doesn't she just do what Felicity does and just, you know, take the plea deal? Right. So I just thought that was worth sharing. We haven't followed the story in detail because, well, we don't, we're not going to really know anything until the trial. All right. of this is pure speculation on the part of the, the news media. They don't know what the facts of the case are. They don't have the discovery in the case. That's something that um, Lori Laughlin has. And obviously, her and her attorneys have sat down and said, hey, look, we got a strategy. Because you better believe if the attorneys thought, right? Like if you're paying, you can pay a bunch of money for an attorney and you can get them to tell you what, what you want to hear. That can certainly mm-hmm. happen. But presumably... The attorneys are giving her good advice. So we're just going to presume that she's getting good advice. And that is to say, Lori, we've got a case. You know, they don't have here's here's what they've charged you with. Here's what the actual text of the thing that they've charged you with says. And you didn't do that thing or they can't prove. Maybe you did do that thing. They can't prove that you did that thing. Now, again, I don't know what the text of the I don't even know what the charge is. I don't know if it's some sort of fraud or 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 exactly what it is. That's that's the level of which that I've, I follow the case, which is to say not not very much. Uh, but the attorneys presumably know what they're doing, and they believe they have a chance to win this thing. And they've convinced her to go for this. And I I hope she comes out on top on this. Yeah. Because I want to know what the headlines are going to say then. Oh, they'll just flip, and it doesn't matter. They you think they'll flip? Sure, why not? I don't know. Because I, I think don't they'll care. treat her like she's a criminal who got away with it. Oh, maybe. I think maybe some of like them will. Like OJ. She'll some be like, the, will, she'll be like the, flip, uh, yeah. the rich, you know, nonviolent OJ yeah. in this case. That's my prediction on this one. Uh, let's go to your calls and thoughts here. You can weigh in on school admissions or whatever is on your mind. He's Turd Ferguson in Pennsylvania. Go ahead. You're on our Discord server, Turd. Sorry about that. I can barely hear you, but I'll, uh, I'll try to. I'll try to stay with you here. Yeah, I don't um, think yes, we've changed anything here, so go ahead. Oh, yeah. So the reason why I'm calling in is because um, I had an idea about uh, border control policy. Okay. That I think, yeah, that I think is much better than than the norm. But um, but I, I have a feeling, though, that it would never actually go through uh, because um, – because one of the sides would have some issue with it and, and not and not let it pass. But this is my idea, though, and I like to call it – I like to call it the great compromise, okay? So – what I would propose is that we allow actually any low level and particularly, you know, Hispanic citizen, probably because that's what we're, primarily what we're talking about here. Any low level non-criminal Hispanic citizen cross the border and stay here undocumented if they want to. But we would leave the illegal border crossing law on the books and ideally, we would even rewrite it so that it's used prime specifically. I can hold on. Yes, yeah, stand by. We'll give you a chance to pitch this concept. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. You can bring up anything you want. You can also join us on our Discord server, just as Turd Ferguson is doing over at discord.lrn.fm. You can join the server there. It's free. And you can then hop into one of our on-air call-in line rooms. We'll get you on the air. You'll sound like you're sitting here with us. You can take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk.
Free Talk Live. You bring up whatever you want here. Toll-free number 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. We have the Discord call-in line rooms at discord.lrn.fm. So feel free to jump into those. Sound like you're sitting here with us. Uh, Turd Ferguson's in there. We're going to get right back to his call. Ian with you tonight. And Johnson. Also, the Edge Wallet. Uh, people are using Edge for their cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, Ethereum, the various Ethereum tokens, Monero, Ripple, Stellar, Ravencoin, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and others. You can go get your Edge Wallet through your Google or Apple App Store. Just search for Edge, E-D-G-E, Edge Wallet. And or you can go to their website, edge.app, and learn how to secure your freedom with Edge, where you can buy, sell, trade, and securely hold cryptocurrencies. Edge.app is their website. We go back to Turd Ferguson. He is on our Discord server. Uh, Turd, so what are you pitching here tonight? Yeah, so th- so this was my idea about uh, border policy right. in the United States, what, what I call the Great Compromise. But undoubtedly, there would be some party that would be unhappy with it, and it probably wouldn't pass. But th- but this was my idea. So so what I was saying before the break was um, there we would allow any probably you know Hispanic person because that's primarily what we're dealing with to cross the border un- in an undocumented fashion. If they, you know, if they were, there wouldn't be any real consequences for it as long as they're a low level kind of, you know, non-criminal, just just a person seeking a better life that just doesn't that just has been on on a waiting list forever and can't get approved or for whatever. Well, now hold on, I'm just gonna, I'm I'm not because I I disagree with you. I'm just gonna provide an objection here. Uh, So the objection would be, well, you just said they're gonna be undocumented. So how would you know whether they're criminal or not? Well, it we wouldn't know right away. Okay. They, we 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 wouldn't know until they actually committed a crime. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So 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 like everything else, there are going to be problems, but this will be better than what we have now. So so we would allow that, but and that would make ideally the liberals happy. To make the mm. conservatives happy, any undocumented immigrant that was in the United States, we would not provide any health care for, mm. or any kind of welfare for, and. We could also actually leave the border laws in place the way we are, but we could either only use them to prosecute uh, gang members as we find them within the United States or high-level criminals that are here undocumentedly just just so there's an extra tool there for law enforcement as a catch-all if they need it. But we just we, – ideally, though, we would, relight, we would rewrite the law. So that it just couldn't be used against, you know, low level people that are just seeking a better life for themselves. That would be the compromise. Doesn't this I mean, aren't you basically rewording Mark's blue card plan that he's talked about before <laughs> where uh, it's basically what you just said. But you people who wanted to come here could come here and they just wouldn't be able to vote or collect welfare. And they, you know, he called it the blue card. Hmm. I no, I haven't heard it. I I've never heard Mark talk about that at all before. Oh, yeah. But it's I mean, I mean, it sounds like a decent idea, though. No, but, but I, I asked what I asked Mark at the time was, can I sign up for the blue card? You know, if if this program is going to come okay. into play, like because his the other thing he said on the the blue card thing was, would they also wouldn't pay taxes? So, what do you feel about that? Would they would they pay taxes or no? Well, well, they would pay taxes for whatever entity they actually use. If they came here and bought property, they'd pay property tax. If but, if they you know they would pay sales tax on the sales line, they would pay the they would pay. What about income taxes. tax? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, there would be some. some so, some so tax. what you're saying is they would be taxed, but they wouldn't be represented. So they, it would be taxation without representation. I mean, in a sense, I mean, I mean, you know, in a sense, I guess. I isn't, mean, that, I mean, isn't that is, like is, one is, of the founding concepts that sort of the idea that you shouldn't be taxed if you aren't represented? I, I'm just trying to. I, hey, I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to get us something better than what we have now, and okay. make and and make and make both sides happy. And I mean, yeah, sure, there are definitely going to be issues with it, like like what you're talking about. But this is just a way where we could get going, and then potentially get both the liberals and the conservatives on board if the, if they both be reasonable and realize that this is a compromise that they both that they both could make. Well, I don't think that I, I think at the very least I agree with Johnson earlier, where he said that uh, you know there's no compromise coming. That, whether or not there's going to be a civil war is another question, but they certainly are not in a mood to uh, to compromise on on much. So I don't know if we're going to see that happen, but I definitely appreciate uh, your call and thoughts. Thank you, Turd Ferguson. And again, he's there on our Discord server at discord.lrn.fm. You can join us there. So I don't want to get too deep into this Harvard thing. It just kind of mm. the, the story just kind of goes veers off into the personalities, like the attorney, and right, the, right. you know, talking more about the admissions policy. I think the I think the point was made that Harvard is basically no different than racists. Uh, they believe that one race of people is superior to others, and they believe that other races are inferior to others. And I think that's unfortunate. I think that's that's. I don't think people should look at race. Oh, I think that's the definition of racism, right? Because it's absolutely the definition of racism. Yeah. You can be a racist and believe that a race is superior. I mean, I have that, a dream, meaning a race that's not your you know, race. That one day people would be judged by the content of their character rather than the, the color, color of, of their, their skin. skin. <laughs> yeah, we're still working on that. That was what the no, 60s? we're not. No, we're not still working on that. That that you're uh, saying that's out the window. Yeah, it's, it's, it was a dream because he was still dreaming. a dream. You're saying yeah, it's, it's still, still a dream. A dream. 855-450-FREE is our toll-free number. So, Johnson, you wanted to talk tonight about this libertarian title theory. Sure. Specifically, are we talking it's about land a, it's titles? It's property law. Yeah, well, title uh, refers to, you know, any kind of property, right? It's, okay. It's just like a car of, title. Sure, yeah. Okay. That would uh, be inclusive as well. Um, let me pull that up though real quick because I do not. Yeah, I'm sorry. I actually, I have it pulled up here. I don't know if you want me to say anything out of it. Um, I've got it. So it it basically talks about questions that should be answered by any libertarian title theory. And I think that, um, I like these philosophical questions that sort of come up and, and question foundational beliefs about libertarianism and how, how it should function and work. Right. So the story goes on. My interest in the legal debate surrounding the legitimacy of fractional reserve banking has led me to a deeper interest in title theory in general. As a young, hopeful philosopher, I hope that I may one day contribute meaningfully to these discussions. While I have inclinations about the correct answer to all of these questions, each question has at least some parts which I consider so far not completely answered. And I didn't hear. Did you give credit to this guy, Andrew? Um, no, I have not yet. Uh, Andrew, Andrew Allison. Allison. Yeah, it's a blog. WordPress Post blog. Here. Yep. Um, of all of these questions, I believe... Uh, sorry, all of these questions, I believe, have important implications in the real world, and libertarians must be prepared to answer them. So, you know, maybe we can give it a shot. All right. <laughs> um, 
What is the ultimate justification? Libertarian title theory has had a slew of justifications in the past 100 years ago, from Rand to Nozick to Mises to Rothbard to Hoppe. These are all libertarian author thinker types. To Van Dunn and many others, including more fringe thinkers such as Stefan Molyneux. Uh, Although he's not thinking too hard these days. Well, he's very fringe. In fact, I'd consider him to be so fringe, he's not even close to being a libertarian. No, not at all. Not Uh, anymore. Anyone who is familiar with these different justifications realizes that their reason for believing that men ought to respect one another's property are not the same. For Rand, it is a respect for one's own life which dis, uh, dict, that's Ayn Rand, uh, mm-hmm. respect for one's own life, which dictates that we not infringe upon the property of others. For Mises, it is universally pre- preferred to respect property since we all benefit from it economically. For Rothbard, a respect for property allows us to realize human flourishing and avoid being defective persons. For huh. Hoppy, it is a respect for the norms of argumentation, which leads us to recognize the peaceful relationships and conflict avoidance as the ultimate human ends, which can be achieved by a respect for private property rights. The reason that the differences are so important is because when we discuss any applied problem of title theory, for example, fractional reserve banking, we want to be sure that what the goal of our theory is, if the goal of our goal is to promote human flourishing as the Rothbardian may answer Then any question of who has title when uh, they gain or lose title, whether or not they can relinquish title are only answerable in terms of how much that rule promotes human flourishing. Mm-hmm. The Hoppian, according to who? Well, according to the Rothbardian libertarians, mm-hmm. right? The Hoppian who sees property as a means to perpetual peace among men and conflict avoidance must always answer these same questions by asking if their theory of title will, in fact, avoid conflict. There are already some interesting discrepancies between the two theorists who have incredibly similar justifications for uh, title theory, argumentation ethics. And then he goes on to say Hoppy and Frank Dunn, which he'll discuss below. Anyway, it goes on to talk a little bit more here about how these differences can result in a potential potential conflicts between those Oh, I definitely think there will be some yeah. uh, some <laughs> conflicts and we'll go, we'll continue here 855-453 We've experienced them firsthand. 855-450-3733. You can bring up what you want. Our 3's next here on free- Hey everyone, this is Charlie Shrem. You've seen me on the Netflix documentary Banking on Bitcoin and the new best-selling book Bitcoin Billionaires. I want to invite you to join me on my new show untold stories for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today, and you'll hear from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on Earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join me and my guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as we explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Listen now on UntoldStories.com. That's UntoldStories.com.
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want here as we launch into the third hour of the program. Phones are open as always for you. Our number is 855-450-FREE like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian and Johnson. We're going to get into uh, the esoteric a little deeper here, Johnson. You want to talk about title theory, mm-hmm. um, property rights, basically, and how libertarians might differ when it comes to their sort of underlying beliefs of why property rights matter. Right. So normally on on this program, we're arguing with people like socialists mm-hmm. on whether you know whether or not property rights even exist. Uh, but in this case tonight. We're going to talk about the ways that libertarians would disagree with one another if they actually got to their libertarian fantasy land of yeah. getting the state out of property or whatever, uh, as we you know currently know it, and actually had a more freedom-oriented system. What would that look like? And well, different liber- liberty-minded folks would say different things about what that would mean, and that could end up in more schisms. Yep. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. But let's go to your calls and thoughts here first. We go. Uh, we're going to Discord, where Ripple Nipple. By the way, I think every call tonight has been on Discord. Hmm. Uh, Ripple Nipple is on the line, and you're calling us from Vegas. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I got a border solution. So right. I was thinking that. Uh, you could have like homeless encampments down there um kind of lined up in between factories so then uh the immigrants could come right up to the border into the factory and work and they could you know and then we could send our homeless people down there well, well they could want to you know there there would be benefits to go down there they can get cheap labor and well know, whatever, i mean what makes so. you think the homeless people want to work well, you know, they, they don't need to work. They could just not work right down there. Right. I mean, know? that's one of the things about being homeless is, you know, you don't have all the expenses of having a house. So it's not really that important for you to work that hard, right? Because you don't have to pay rent or a mortgage. Well, we got to put them somewhere, right? <laughs> I mean, so well, it seems like as good as place of any. And, you know, when the the immigrants see all the homeless people there, it might, you know, make them turn back anyway. You know. Are you saying you don't want immigrants to come into the United States? Well, I mean, I I don't care. I mean, it doesn't need to look that. You know, but if they, if I'm they sorry, really you you broke to. up there for a moment. It doesn't need to look what that appealing. To, so to them, it sounds like to, what you're saying. We're attracting them. You know, it sounds like what you're saying is that somewhere like we should just start like a pile and just like throw the homeless people on a pile somewhere and just keep With stacking immigrants. them. Yeah. At the, at the border, that'd be a good place for them. I just, you know, and then they wouldn't. There's a job right there if you need it, but if you don't, then well, just sit there and then, then just sit on the pile and just get stacked up. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if uh, people should just be discarded uh, in you know such a haphazard yeah, fashion. I think that's what he's saying. Um, but yeah, that does well, sound well, like it's what already you're illegal to be homeless in a lot of places. You know, they'll yeah, so throw them out, confiscate. Your, they're they're your illegal home, people. Your, your Essentially, camp. we have all these problems with all these illegal people. You're saying you don't want uh, you don't want immigrants to come here, so therefore you're going to litter the border with homeless, um, so as to make the United States look less attractive. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I'm joking. But, yeah. I'm glad. Um, yes, but the factories see they're they're good and uh, that's a good idea too. Because thanks for the call, Ripple Nipple. Have to come in here. Appreciate it, man. Toll free number 855-450-free. They have that tip bot if you want to send me some some Ripple from that 
Yeah, that is on there. You're it's right. Cool. Ripple is one of the, uh, the cryptocurrencies. <laughs> I don't have. That's one of the cryptos I don't own anything of. Sam Dodson convinced me to get some of it. Yeah. Yeah, he's a total Ripple dork. He's like 100% Ripple I'm sure he thinks that they're already setting up a society on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they'll send the homeless there. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. In order to set up a society on the moon, you'd have to know how to divide up the land, how property rights are going <laughs> to work. That's what you call a pro-radio segue right there. <laughs> Uh, and that's what we're talking about here from a blog post, Johnson, that you found somehow. How did you come across this thing? I don't know. I search for things all the time, and then I save them until yeah. many weeks later. You found like a really dorky, esoteric, uh, you know, exercise here on on what libertarians believe. Yep. About property rights. I like breaking it down. You know, yeah. this is Free Talk Live. If there's anywhere where that should happen, at least somewhat, it's this, this show. show. Yeah. Okay. So, um. It goes on here. So it says, you know, here, Hoppy maintains the right that we have a physical integrity to our property and nothing else, right? So the physical substance of the property, we own it. You, if you can keep it, you have it, right? Okay. Van Dunn, this guy, I don't want to- Never I, heard of him. Never heard of him, but mentions the non-aggression principle here. But says, most Van of these Dunn, people I haven't read, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I'll Me. take his word for it. Van Dunn, on the other hand, believes that we have the right- to the use of our property and defines the non-aggression principle as a praxeological idea rather than a physical one. And I should define praxeological. Yeah, please. Uh, I've heard praxis, it defined a million times, but yeah, I still praxium, don't remember it. Praxium, you know, praxeology. Yeah. Uh, it's, essentially, it's just the study of human behavior. I see. Isn't that so what praxis, economics is? Praxis is, is um, well, yes and no. So Mises, I think, is the, uh, the author of that book, Human Action, or... I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. so that's uh, an, eco- an economic idea. So praxeology would probably also encompass economics, I mm-hmm. guess. Okay. Economics would probably be one, one part of that. Part of praxeology. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know, and praxis comes from like an ancient Greek or Roman term, I think, for to practice something, right? So mm-hmm. that's like, you know, yeah, anyway. So, uh, so it goes on here to say, so we've got this, you know, physical and keeping your property right versus non-aggression and that you only have the right to the use of uh, your property. So it gets, he elaborates here a little bit in here, this, the second question, which is what is included in the bundle of rights one receives from homesteading? So if you've homesteaded a property, what are your rights? Because if you have a legal theory you know, even if you're running your your society via, I don't know, insurance, you know, DROs, dispute resolution organizations, there's still got to be an accepted set of rights. So, like in mm-hmm. uh, current real estate law, you know, you've like rights to quiet enjoyment and uh, you know certain property rights about you know how long you can hold the property for encroachment, if easements, some, you know, easements. Yeah. If somebody's you know coming onto your property, you know, what rights do you have? So it says here, most libertarians conform to some idea of the homesteading principle. Homesteading involves some act described originally by John Locke as mixing one's labor performed with a previously unowned resource, which gives the actor ownership of that resource. Example of this would be tilling the land. Planting, sure. planting things. Building taking, a wall around your land. Building a fence. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Building a house. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, what does one get when one homesteads, what can they do with the resource which is now their property? The answer to this, I believe, is more or less answered by libertarian theorists. As Hoppy explains in his 
Economics and Ethics of Private Property, this ownership of originally appropriated places, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, of, of uh, the, no. You had <laughs> Let it. Let me stutter this out. This ownership of originally appropriated places and goods by a person implies his right to use and transform these places and goods in any way he sees fit, provided only that he does not thereby uninvitedly change the physical integrity of places and goods originally appropriated by another person. All right, so put in another in other words, this means that if you homestead right. a particular plot of land and there's a mm-hmm. river flowing through it, that you can't just dam up the river and make it so the river no longer exists downstream right, exactly. uh, to the people who had previously homesteaded the, what they thought was going to be a river for the rest of their lives and right. all of a sudden gets dammed up. Yeah, exactly. So that's one example of that. So this seems good enough for almost all interpretations of libertarian title theory, but there are particular instances in which current philosophers have dispute about this claim. Consider, for example, the above-mentioned differences between Hoppe's physical theory and Van Dunn's praxeological theory. When applied to the case of land encirclement, when one property owner has his land surrounded entirely by another person's land, Mm. we are offered two different explanations of the rights provided to each uh, property owner. And then we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it. Uh, yeah. 855 450 free. 855 450 3733. Is there, you know, I imagine one of the, I'm, I, I'm not, having not read this uh, story and not being familiar with these different thinkers' uh, viewpoints, is one of them actually going to say that the person in the middle of the property is screwed and they got to get a helicopter to, to fly <laughs> in? Or, or what are they going to say? Is that what you know. believe? Is I, that no, your... it's not what I believe. <laughs> but uh, there's more coming up here in moments. I don't really know. It's free. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want, whether you want to comment on property rights or whatever is on your mind. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Looks like uh, somebody in the chat room is correcting you, Johnson. Uh, Blockchain Bellwether says it's pronounced Hoppa, not Hoppy. So they must be a fan. They must be a fan of... It's like hopper, like get to the hopper. Don't don't talk yeah. to me or I'll have you physically removed. <laughs> Isn't that what that guy's all about? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I remember he- hearing Cantwell talk about that, that guy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. We also, by the way, have uh, a cool website to tell you about, which is liberty.menu. It is, at its core, a directory for events, businesses, and digital content. If you're a liberty-minded person, whether you follow one of these authors or another one, uh, or you're just your own thinker, uh, you can go to liberty.menu and you can create whatever uh, you know entries that you want. If you've got th- two or three businesses, go ahead and add two or three different entries to the map and to the list there. And you can review and rate other people's businesses that you've used. And you can also connect and share with others via the somewhat of a social networking aspect to the site. It is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Go to liberty.menu. You can use code FTL to get a special Free Talk Live listener badge. That's liberty.menu. Johnson, you're sharing with us a blog post from Andrew Allison uh, over at andrewdallison.wordpress.com where he's talking about some of these. And I think it's a good thorough examination of these. It seems like it, um, that uh, he's looking at the different viewpoints within libertarianism about things like property ownership, titles, 
homesteading, and that's what we were mm-hmm. talking about just a moment ago. Was the idea of you know well how do how do we look at homesteading? What does it mean specifically when it comes to uh, land, for instance, that is encircled? He this is where we left yeah. off, where he was talking yeah. about uh, what happens. Well, actually, getting out off of homesteading, but looking at just the theory of of land ownership. What about encirclement? Yeah. So yeah. So he when goes one on, property owner has his land surrounded. Yeah. Entirely. So differences between this uh, Hoppe. Uh, and uh, Van Dunn's Praxeological Theory uh, here. When applied to the case of land encirclement, when one property owner has his land surrounded entirely by another person's land, we are offered two different explanations of the rights provided to each property owner. Under the physical theory, that's Hoppe, uh, if the encircled landowner wants to return his property... A return to his property, the encircling landowner would have no obligation, whatever, to allow passage. Mm. However, under the praxeological theory, which gives you the right to the use of your property, the encircling landowner must create a way for the encircled landowner to access his property. Now, of course, a lot of this is. You and know, by the way, that's that's kind of how current property rights work, and under with our easements. governmental system with right. easements and rights of way. Right. So. You know, a lot of this stuff seems pretty, like, silly as far as the argument is concerned. Like, how would you end up actually owning a piece of land that was completely encircled by other land? I mean, you wouldn't— uh, Somebody you, could buy all the land around your— Right, but <laughs> hold on. How would they do that? Presuming you had a piece of property and that there was a road, I would presume, leading to it, some sort of a path well, remember, to get remember, in a libertarian society, all land is owned, so roads— aren't really rights of way anymore right they're just when you bought the property property that's now encircled it wasn't encircled originally when you bought it so presumably you would have bought some sort of right to access that property if you're talking about rights to access the property then you're talking about rights to access another piece of property a road isn't Mm -hmm. a right of way anymore so a person might buy the road and then your property is encircled. But usually when it... When so you, you might buy, have a driveway and you might own your driveway, but now the road is owned by somebody else who also owns all the land around your property. But usually when you buy a road, you know, or whatever you buy, you know, buy a house, it comes with okay. a lease. Like if there's renters in the in the house, you inherit the lease from the previous owner. All right, so, so if you... It, it let just, me give you a real world example yeah. about a little man from Colorado named Marvin Hemeyer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, this about? is the, the Killdozer guy. Yes, yeah. because they bought, this company bought all of the land and encircled his business. And then he decided to destroy them because... I thought he went after the government. Um, yes, because it was the government's responsible. But it was also mm-hmm. this, uh, some sort of factory or something mm-hmm. like that that manufactured something. And so he, you know, tore down their factory and then went wow. after... And then he also went after I didn't all, know that part of all the, the bureaucrats who were, you know, responsible uh, went after their homes and businesses. Yeah. Their homes and businesses in with an armored the town. bulldozer with, with a tank that he had made because he was a <laughs> welder and he lowered a a gigantic welded sarcophagus <laughs> where he down died. onto where he died. Yeah. He, it was like was there was plan. no way out. It was one way. Right. There was no way to you know, say so order. Uh, you know, lowered using a crane this massively heavy uh, armor. Yeah, he sealed himself in. Yeah, he sealed himself in this uh, machine that had you know gun 
gun turrets. Your you know, not area. turrets, but like you know, ports for you know firing weapons. But also specifically tried not to kill anyone. Mm. So he was very much intent on doing lots and lots of damage, Physical but not damage. actually okay. killing anybody. Interesting. So, but but he did this because his land was encircled. So it is possible for land to be encircled, yeah. even in our current uh, you know rights of way society. Yeah. Because if the government doesn't play along. They're screwed. Yeah, you're screwed. No and, doubt. And if if you were to live in this, you know, again, a uh, system where the society was acting. So, which like one do you think it rights. should be, Johnson? Do you think it should be this? Uh, what he describes as the physical theory, where well, if you in get this case, you're cer- screwed. Well, in this case, it certainly seems like right to use of your property seems. Um, you can superior. use it. You just have to get to it. Well, you have to airdrop in. Right. And and then, you know, <laughs> you, you can should never leave. So you're going to have to take a helicopter in and out of your yeah. property if you believe in the Hoppian way. So what you would do if you believed in the Hoppian way was to the person who encircled your property, you would offer them a free helicopter ride <laughs> is what you're saying. <laughs> like, hey, come on, come visit my land. I'll give you a helicopter ride there. Mm-hmm. Now I own your one property. Last time. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. last time. So and that, that would be clearly a violation of the NAP if you believed That's in the non-aggression, the non-aggression principle. principle under the Van Dunn way of thinking. I, I don't know. It's crazy. So it goes on. I mean, and I would need to, I mean, I would say that the use of is superior, but I would need to see examples because there's probably plenty of examples where that theory is inferior, mm-hmm. right? I imagine there exist examples of that. So it says here, where, how does one abandon property? In a 2015 article, Expiration of Private Property Rights, a note... Right. So a lot of, uh, you know, socialists or, you know, uh, commie anarchists or whatever, ANCOMs and uh, anarcho-syndicalists, you know, believe that if property is abandoned, it should easily be able to be homesteaded. But what if somebody still has the rights over it? Obviously, in our current title situation under our government, people can own land and not use it pretty much indefinitely, you know. That's what the government does. Yeah. As long as they have a title to it, you know, it's theirs indefinitely. And it can be passed down from generation to generation, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. So Walter Block states, no reasonable person would force people to keep their erstwhile property against their will, and no libertarian would object to the ownership of them by the next man who comes along and homesteads them. However, I'm not sure that the problem is so simple. What of the following scenario? Jones owns a wheat farm next to an orchard owned by Brown. Due to negligent tree-growing practices, a tree from Brown's farm falls onto the wheat on Jones' farm, costing Jones thousand dollars in damages we'll talk more about it coming up here in moments our toll-free number is 855-450 free like freedom it's 855-450-3733 you can take control of the airwaves Bring up whatever is on your mind here, whether it's property rights or something else. It's Free Talk Live. Divi is crypto made easy. Anyone can use Divi to securely and seamlessly spend, earn, store, or exchange digital money, the U.S. dollar, and euros. Divi is fast. Transactions happen in seconds with fewer fees. While other altcoins are languishing, the Divi price has risen substantially against BTC. Now's the time to make a switch to Divi or make your start with cryptocurrency with Divi. Visit DiviProject.org. Divi is crypto made easy. Plus, one Click Master Notes, DiviProject.org. Again, DiviProject.org. It's Free Talk Live, and you're invited to join us here. The toll-free number is 855-450-FREE-LIKE-FREEDOM. That's 855-450-3733. 
HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. You can go there and start accepting Bitcoin in your local business. Maybe you have a physical location where people come to you, or maybe you go to your customers. You want an easy way to accept cryptocurrency like Bitcoin or Dash or Bitcoin Cash. Head on over to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. they got apps for for iOS and for Android. Or if you just got a web browser, you can use that too. And they make it super easy. Plus, it's free to accept cryptocurrency through any pay. You don't have to pay them a fee to do it, which is amazing. Uh, there's no ID verification. There's no hoop jumping. There's no paperwork. It really couldn't be much easier than what they've done over at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. Now, you're taking cryptocurrency, Johnson, over oh, at LibertyMinded.com. That is where people can get some pretty cool T-shirts with a pro-Liberty theme, uh, but also Free Talk Live official gear. And LRN. That's well. right. You're the only person, I think, to ever sell an LRN <laughs> T-shirt, so that's available there, too. Yeah, um, I think it looks pretty snazzy, too. I think, you know, I, I haven't sold very many. I haven't advertised that one a lot, but it yeah. is, uh, you know, I think one of the cooler-looking shirts if you want to support uh, a, Liberty a bunch Network. of Liberty Media, you know, all at the same time. So uh, what's going on over on the site these days? Is there something fresh? Um, there is not. I haven't had a lot of time to do a lot of new stuff on there, but... Uh, I. But you have a lot of choices. Yeah, I mean, I did a- fix some problems, <laughs> a problem with the site that I don't know, like... It's always good. How long that's been broken yeah, for? Yeah, you, you never know. I mean, when somebody reports something, how long it's been broken. Like well, nobody people- even reported it. I just yeah. found it on my own, which is even worse. Right. Um, so yeah, apparently the www part of, uh, my URL, if I, if you went to it was, was completely broken. You know, I wonder how many people type in the W's these days. Is it, you know, age demographics are older people more likely to type W's? Do younger people not type W's? Are they, you know, what, how many people out there are still using the W's when they go to a website? I know for a long time, the U.S. Postal Service did not work. I forget one way or the other. I think it was without the W's. The site just wouldn't work. They finally fixed that, too. Right. But, um, so, uh, yeah, great, great T-shirts, great sense of humor. There's some really funny stuff over there and some pretty poignant uh, T-shirts That's what as I'm well. really working on. And if people have ideas for, you know, poignant, uh, liberty-minded stuff, you know, feel free to send me uh, stuff to uh, johnson at libertyminded.com. Or Johnson at freetalklive.com, either way. Cool. Head on over to libertyminded.com, get your official Free Talk Live gear and more. Really cool libertarian t shirts. Do you do like long sleeve, uh, long sleeve uh, shirt printing or is it only short sleeve? Uh, um, I have stuff? only set up for short mm-hmm. sleeve stuff so far. I mean, I absolutely could start uh, with that. I mean, I do have some. Because you do the one offs, right? It's, yeah, you, some hoodies and stuff like that I have. Right. But yeah, I just basically would have to set up the, the shirt. So if I, you know, hear interest in, in any particular shirt to do. As a long sleeve, you know, absolutely. Because I've noticed that in my my collection of uh, of shirts, almost every one of them that's like logoed or you know some sort of design is on a t shirt, mm-hmm. and none of them are on like actual long sleeves. Well, so. I feel like a lot of people do what I tend to do too, which is get like a plain long sleeve t shirt and wear and then a shirt put over a t shirt over it. Yeah, right? That's a good idea. You know, and that's that's kind that of solves that problem. It's that you know the skater. Look Plus, then you get an extra layer during the winter. Exactly. Time. <laughs> You know, if you need a long sleeve shirt, chances are you're already at the point where you need more than one layer. Good anyway. point. Yeah, I think you're right about that. All right, so we're talking about uh, the this article that you had brought in tonight, Johnson, and I think Mortified Penguin is on the line. He's always uh, interested in property rights discussions, so let's bring him in here because we've been talking about some of the, the libertarian disagreements uh, when it comes to property rights. Mortified Penguin, is that what you wanted to talk about tonight? I'm just guessing. Go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. I had to call in mm-hmm, given the topic. Yes. Um, so I wanted to say, first of all, so the idea of property, um, so property as we know it, you know, exists and titles are, are, you know, function of government. So property exists as a state privilege now and a state function now. Um, but in the absence of a state uh, property, it's almost like, and this is a huge generalization, I'm being simplistic here, but property, you can't disagree on property because property is just an agreement between people. It, what, what else That's could all it, it is. possibly mm-hmm. be? Yeah. It's just and, an idea. And yeah, it's a good it's one. It's just an idea. And um, people have to kind of hash that out and figure out what's beneficial for each other. So it's probably mutually beneficial for at least a, a group of people, you know, in proximity of certain number, certain size to agree on, um, on property. Like it's, it's mutually beneficial, but you know, you could have the extreme of like two or three guys go, go to a place, just say, say some new random new place, three guys. It's a fairly large region and they, um, they can just divide it up between themselves. Let's say a whole continent. Okay. Three guys, whole brand new continent. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and they divided up themselves, all, all these plots, and, 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 and divvied out to each other. Now, what, what basis is their property based on versus um, some people who, you know, are, or have been on, on a different continent on some land for, you know, generations? What, what space is their property on? It's, you know, it it's, can only be set up on agreement. So mm-hmm. like that guy that uh, has the property and can his property be encircled? Well, I mean, um, is he going to recognize some guy has taken that property? Is that guy, has that guy mixed labor with the land? Is, is he physically occupying the land? Is, um, have they come to any sort of agreement? Because let's just say this is kind of virgin land. What, what basis does that right does that guy have to appropriate all this other land around there? A lot of people believe you have to occupy um, land and, and, and be in, in current use and, and some form of occupancy of it to have well, that's the ultimate thing, right? Is that it comes down to beliefs and then those beliefs turn into conflicts and those conflicts can potentially turn into violence <clears throat> as someone is attempting to assert authority over that property. Right. So that's yeah, in the absence of a legitimate authority yeah. that claims authority. So I think that's the, the goal is to try and find some, theory that avoids all that (laughs) and can at least get people to somehow come to some kind of rational agreement, which, you know, Hey, maybe it's not possible, but, um, I don't know if it is because certainly there's, there's gotta be something better than what we have currently. Right. Oh yeah. You know, absolutely. But the, as you pointing out, you're pointing out here is this article is, uh, libertarians don't even agree on this stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think it's really good to bring this up because I think that, libertarians you know in order to be taken more seriously need to have some really solid answers to these things well so a lot of the most principled anarchists and i kind of um have learned a bit from the, kind of echoing a bit from them that, that have mentioned that um support have various theories of property rights they believe in what they call a free market of property rights so that you know because property is an agreement the uh property rights that are the most competitive to, you know, free market exchange went out. And I, I kind of like that argument because I would hope that a lot of violence is disincentivized without, you know, it, its cost being socialized as it is with the state. 
Hmm. Well, I think most people, I mean, this is just me speculating, but I, I don't think most people would think it's fair encircling a, a person's property and basically preventing them from, from ever leaving unless they pay some sort of extraction or whatever. I, I just don't see that one really catching on. And ultimately, what's going to win may not necessarily be what's best for the market, but what people think is best for them. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I don't have a real firm feeling about any of this. I think these are interesting discussions uh, to be having, and I, I think that I don't know if you describe yourself as a Georgist. I think you said that before, Mortified Penguin. I don't even know. Oh, oh no, no, not at all. No, no, no. no, no. You're not. I think you said that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's another but, um, viewpoint no. that uh, some libertarians hold, and I don't know if that's been really expressed in this this uh, paper that we're looking at. at oh, all. there's a lot. You know, occupancy and use, like like a lot of uh, mutualists hang on, and um, I, you know, I, I don't even want to go into communist anarchists i don't really know, know much about them and yeah. i don't know what they think of property but yeah occupancy and use in various forms of um uh you know various forms of lock-in property norms and stuff and they all seem to speak to a legitimate property um i just don't know much about georgism hey thanks for the but, call tonight and, and the idea i appreciate hearing from you the idea that the average person's ever going to weigh in on a discussion like this is, hmm. it's not going to happen People just want to, you know, come home from work and enjoy their day and take spend time with their family and get their bills paid. They don't want to sit down and think about what different people think about property rights. It's just not even something they want to spend time on. We're coming up. Hey, it's Free Talk Live. We invite you here if you want to talk about whatever's on your mind. Our number 855-450-FREE, like freedom. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, given all the discussion that we, you know, have understandably had about this topic, because libertarians certainly don't agree when it comes to what it means to have and to hold and to purchase and to sell title to property. Yeah. What is it? What does it mean? We barely grazed the surface of yeah, this we're, article. We're but... like not even halfway yeah. uh, through it. Uh, but it's it's created some interesting discussion. We'll put the full article up for you on our social media, so you can follow Free Talk Live on a few different platforms. We're on Twitter at twitter.freetalklive.com. We're on Mastodon at toot, T-O-O-T, toot.freetalklive.com, and the Telegram platform over at telegram.freetalklive.com. So- I do want to – I'm going to skip right to the end and then I'll go back up. But okay. I want to skip to the end because I want this to be said um, if we don't get the chance to get to it. So the the thesis – We got one call on the line, so we're probably at not the, – At the end is why should – why we should care. As libertarians, we believe in truth, beauty, and the justice of liberty. We believe that private property is the institution which allows society to flourish. If we believe these things to be true, then we must be able to describe it to those around us. When we are asked about what liberty looks like in the real world, we can always defer to title theory, but only insofar as it is developed. I hope that one day I can contribute to the illumination of what is truly a beautiful theory. Wonderful. I hope he moves to New Hampshire. (laughs) <laughs> where he might actually have a chance to do something yeah, like that exactly. someday. Because in order to get to some sort of rethinking of property rights, you're going to have to have a libertarian society. You're going to have to yeah, have enough people. We know that this guy doesn't live in New Hampshire already, right? We don't know that. He might. Yeah, maybe he does. Here. But uh, you know, in order to actually have that happen, he's going to need to have enough libertarian-minded people, whether they be of his exact beliefs on property rights or not, uh, in a close proximity in a geographic area to be able to influence things to change the system to where you don't have some centralized authority governmental structure in charge of things like property rights. I mean, we're talking right. about a fundamental change in what people think or do when it comes to property. 
Um, and the, the only way that can happen is if you have enough of a concentration of, of yeah. liberty-minded folks. So you got to start there. Anything else is just intellectual, um, you know, self-pleasuring, basically. <laughs> Let's go to Olivia. She's in Arizona watching us on YouTube. Olivia, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Johnson. Hey, Ian and Johnson. Hey. I just wanted to compliment Johnson's business real quick. Liberty Minded uh, has some really cool T-shirts. I like the uh, oh, I you. like the the circular reasoning of government. I think that one's brilliant. <laughs> thank you um, very much. And the, the beanie too. I, I intend to get me a beanie for. Is this Christmas the Free Talk Live days. beanie, or is there more than one? Yeah. Beanie? Okay, that's a good uh, I think one. There's more than one. There, the uh, other one, but they're all Free Talk Live. The beanies so far that I have are <laughs> right all Free on. Talk Live beanies. Those are classics. I mean, those are. Those go back. Yeah. You've had that inventory yeah. for a long time. Some inventory I yeah. have had for a very long time, and I do. Well, the, the store was gone for many years. That's true. Yeah. yeah, the store was just kind of offline. I have everything sealed up, you right. know, because I've been moving around. Right, and you've trucked it from, like, Florida to... to Connecticut yeah. to, you know, to down New in New Hampshire, and, it's, you know, finally I've had... I've been able to have enough space right. to myself, you know, to actually be able to fulfill orders without having to go down to a, some kind of a warehouse. How long has Liberty Mind have been online now? More than a year, I feel like? Uh, Roundabout, just right about there. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, yeah, Olivia, have you ordered anything from the site yet? I haven't yet, but that's for Christmas, I'm next. getting one of those beanies. That's Very really nice. cool. But Very I, nice. I wanted to make, I wanted to make one point. Well, you made this point, but I just want to back you up on this. Um, like you mentioned, that guy who who went uh, postal on the people who had encircled him, and all these other different things. And it's interesting because when I talk about liberty with other people. Um, they they want to bring up all these issues. I'm like, well, this is already a problem. Mm-hmm. This is already a problem. This right. is already a, like we have all these problems and less liberty. Can you imagine having more freedom? And they're like, well, somehow it's going to be worse. I'm like, when the founding fathers went to set up America, everyone. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people thought it wouldn't work. I mean. And it didn't. It's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. I don't think they intended. Okay, but you know, it worked for a little while for some people, but I don't think that they intended this monstrous federal government that we currently have today. Oh, no. No. So from that perspective, but it failed. Why is liberty such a hard sell to people? It's like, it's bizarre to me. Why well, they, you know, Ronald. Ronald because you're Reagan not offering them free stuff. Yeah, I mean, some uh, people want to see freedom for themselves, but yeah. they don't want those weirdos to have freedom. They don't want those people down the end of the street uh, to have freedom or those immigrants to have freedom or whatever. That guy over there has a gun. Yeah. Ooh, that's scary. That's scary. Right. So people are afraid of the freedom of others. and so Somebody might want to use drugs and then they'll be crazy. And they're then persuaded by those who wish to control them as well that – well, we just all need to be controlled for our own good. And there's just so much propaganda out there, uh, so much of it. And we touched on it earlier with the, the just the ridiculous headlines about Lori Laughlin not taking a plea deal and how the, the media is just raining down hate on her because she's actually daring to stand up against the system that's coming at her, which is, to me, a pretty courageous thing to do. That should be celebrated. Uh, somebody who's not mm-hmm. taking a plea deal, but uh, th- this this society celebrates obedience. It celebrates conformity. It you know as much as they teach. Remember, I don't know if they taught you this in school, but you know, think outside of the box and all these sort of yeah. uh, th- these sort of just generic statements about how to be a, a different person or individual. Uh, it's pandering, and it's just not what actually 
they they're really teaching. They're really teaching obedience. Oh, no. If you go to a city a city council meeting, number one, like you said, fear. They will absolutely try to put fear in your heart when they vote to to get you to think they're doing it in your best interest. And you're when you try to point out the well, okay, you're doing this one thing, but you can still like, there's loopholes everywhere. They they get angry. They treat you ugly. Like yeah. <laughs> Just, just you know, go up there as a voter and see how you're treated when you dare to question them. It's amazing. Oh, I've done it plenty um, of times here in Keene, New Hampshire. The most recent was the the nanny state increasing when they banned the use of uh, nicotine-based products from people who are aged 18, 19, and 20. And the, you came out, I think, to one of those meetings, didn't you, oh, been, Johnson? Yes. Yeah. And so there's video of your testimony yep. on that. And, you know, we got up there and it wasn't just us. It was other you know members of the community that had intelligent things to say that I considered to be persuasive and well-researched. And it was all just overridden by the fear-mongering, uh, scary talk about how, ooh, it's still addictive, it's dangerous, and all the fear that they were, they were pitching. And fear won. Because fear is a motivator. For people, people are easily frightened. They're animals, right? You know, flight or fight. I, I've been, you know, feeling a pretty, a pretty defeated on some issues as of late. Really, and um, I, I definitely feel like, as in terms of issues that I think are very important that that people need to circle their wagons around. I guess conservatives, libertarians, etc. People that are not. Uh, satisfied with the way things have been proceeding in terms of government and culture. Um, I think that the main issue that, that folks need to, um, to focus on is school and Hmm. getting kids out of government schools and government out of the school system. Like there should just not be, it's, I think it's the biggest problem. And I think if, if anything is going to turn the direction that things are going around, it's that. Specifically, that's the most important thing. To I agree with you. Right that's now. where a lot of the damage is done. Yeah. Early when they're young and impressionable and the government has total control. Again, over it comes down to the fact that you ask people general questions. You know, I think part of the reason why so many people don't understand these issues is because they're completely ignorant of basic Science and history questions, you know, just basic principles. You ask, you go out and you, you know, you can see interviews on the street with people that are asked things about, you know, monetary policy, about, right. uh, they don't know it. you know, firearms, about basic stuff science and know. like how things work. No ideas. You know, no ideas. Just about, uh, you know, the history of our country. Again, extremely common basic questions about the bill of rights about who the president is about you know why was the revolutionary war fought and with who well if you're interested in a lot of that stuff chrisanne hall the former florida attorney and prosecutor fired for teaching the constitution she gave a seminar tonight and uh that happened at like eight o'clock this this evening maybe you didn't attend it that's totally cool because you should have stayed tuned to us anyway uh but uh, it's going to be available after the fact right so you can go and watch it anytime now i don't think it's up quite yet i'm told it's going to go online tomorrow at some point so if you're listening to this on the podcast you'll be able to go to lfu it stands for liberty first university lfu.freetalklive.com and that's going to take you to this archive of this uh, presentation, this uh, seminar, if you will, that was free to attend, and it'll be free to watch after the fact. It's at lfu.freetalklive.com. And again, if you go tonight, it may not be there yet, 
So probably want to try it tomorrow. If it's not there right now when you check it, just give it, you know, give it 12 hours or 24 hours and, and check back at lfu.freetalklive.com. Check out Johnson at libertyminded.com. Go get a hoodie. It's fall. It's going to be cold. Good you need, plan. You need a Free Talk Live hoodie. See you tomorrow. Freetalklive.com. You will understand the true intent of the Founding Fathers when they wrote the Constitution if you attend this free webinar. Chris Ann Hall, president of Liberty First University, doesn't simply regurgitate what some professor or expert has said about the Constitution. She relays the thoughts and opinions of those who wrote the documents. Her straightforward, passionate, easy-to-understand style lets anyone grasp the principles of liberty. Join us at lfu.freetalklive.com for more details and your exclusive invitation to the free webinar on Tuesday at 8 p.m. Register now at lfu.freetalklive.com.